Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. about to finish gross (laughs) (laughs) night everybody enjoy the episode (laughs) why did you invite us all here (laughs) why did you pause like that and make eye contact with me because that's the only way i can oh man (laughs) um we're about to (laughs) i'm glad i can provide that service for you (laughs) we're about to finish further investigation jake how do you feel like you guys did it nice probably i don't know we haven't gotten there yet (laughs) maybe Hopefully you guys survive. <laughs> Today you get the final episode of Further Investigation. You also get the Q&A for season four. Um, and at the end of that Q&A, we've got some outtakes from season four as well. Oh, no. Oh, boy. oh I'm so yeah. excited. I haven't listened to those yet. Yeah. And I've already collected some, believe it or not, I already have some great outtakes from season five. <laughs> and we've only recorded two episodes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, I can only imagine what they are, and I'm terrified yeah, <laughs> to yeah. find out. Uh, but season five starts next week. So if you are not caught up, you wouldn't be listening to this. So a relevant statement. If this is your first episode, start from don't. the beginning. Yeah, stop yeah, it. You messed up and we'll be confused. <laughs> um, so yeah, we will see you next week for the beginning of season five. We'll also see some of you next week. For motherfucking Gen Con. Oh, yeah. That's, is I'm that so the official excited. jingle of Gen <laughs> Con so. this year? I think so. Um, if you want to join us on the live show and you haven't RSVP'd yet, make sure to do so, like, right now. Stop the episode. Go to thecritshowpodcast.com slash Gen Con and RSVP so you can come to our live show and our meetup over at the IRT, the Indiana Repertory Theater, at 8 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. The theme is the Monster Mash. Are you all dressing up? Yeah, my costume is 90% done. I just got the last elements I need today. It looks so good. <laughs> I have my pieces. I just, there's two pieces I need to put together. I got, initially, oh, no, you go. I've got two options. I haven't decided which one yet. Nice. I also have two options. I'm either going to do it or I'm not. <laughs> He's like, I also mm. have two options. I'm going to use whichever one Jake doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I initially was not going to because I wasn't sure if I was going to like have room in my suitcase, but Megan and I, came up with an idea that I'm pretty excited about. So with her help, I'm going to have a costume. Nice. Yeah, she's like, I don't think I could pull this off. And I was like, no, 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 that'll be perfect. We can absolutely do this. Excellent. (laughs) Uh, Also, I want to plug this again. I did during Mystery Detectives last week. Looking at Gen Con events, uh, there's something going on at Thursday at one o'clock called Armed Combat Arena. (laughs) Uh, Judging by tickets, Jake and I are the only ones who have signed up for it. 64 64 total (laughs) tickets, 62 available last I checked. So it's like two bucks, I think. Um, Please sign up or it's just going to be two hours of Jake beating the shit out of me with foamed weapons. I would never. (laughs) I'll give you a sporting chance. I'm not just going (laughs) to. 
delusions about what's going to happen here. All right. Sounds, that just, it sounds so hostile. I'm not just going <laughs> to beat you up. I'm just not going to be good enough to defend in any capacity. So. But you've been taking his self-defense classes. Surely, as the prophecy foretold, the student will overtake the master. Yeah, but he's the one teaching me, so he'll know all of my right. tricks. Like there's specific things he's not teaching you so that he can defeat this, you in case you become evil. This, okay, this may shock you all, but there's not a lot of conversation surrounding axes and shields in the self-defense <laughs> class. So why are you even teaching it? <laughs> well, it's a, that comes at a higher level. Okay. I got to get everybody like sort of a baseline first. Has anybody signed up other than that for events at Gen Con? Like we actually have a much more relaxed schedule at Gen Con this year because we've expanded the number of tables we're running at a time and doing less sessions. Has anybody signed up for anything else? Um, well, I know all five of us are LARPing, right, on Friday? Yeah, we're doing like a, yeah, it's called like Con LARP. It's like a true dungeon adjacent, but I think it's like a lower a lower tier. But one of my friends from uh, who I met in Bloomington used to train with pitched that in the Discord. And I was like, oh, tell me more about this. I'll sign up for this. And then we saw how many slots were left, and it was literally exactly enough for all of us to sign up for it. <laughs> I love the idea of it being a lower tier. It's like we go into the room and there's like a toaster with a wizard's hat on it. <laughs> and there's just a pre-recorded message playing. <laughs> like it's just That sounds memory. excellent. I love this. I love this B-movie dungeon. <laughs> um, I have not signed up for anything else. I'm looking forward to kind of using a lot of that open space to look around at stuff and hang out with all of you. Uh, there is one thing. It's not an official Gen Con event, but it is mystery detectives adjacent that I'm hoping uh, we'll be able to set up. Uh, I plan on revealing that during this week's mystery detectives. So, oh, what? So tune in <laughs> and Kim will also get to learn. <laughs> what? And it's who oh. stole the beer trolley. <laughs> <laughs> She's, We're going to she do a heist. <laughs> She discovered who stole the stuff out of my car last year, and we're going to go hunt them yes. down. I feel like I need to do a bit of research, because as we were having that conversation about like the, the B-grade dungeon, I thought, could we like build a Monster of the Week experience in Gen Con? And just I'm, I'm sure we could. I saw, while I was looking through events, I saw there's somebody who does like themed fitness classes, like a Mandalorian fitness class and a this fitness class. And I was like, oh. I didn't realize Gen Con would let you do shit like this, but next year I want to run martial arts workshops based on D and D classes. Nice. Like I oh want to do like God. a all right. Here's a here's a one hour lesson. So you want to be a monk. Here's a one hour lesson because you want to be a barbarian. Here's a one hour lesson because you want to be a fighter. That's awesome. Nobody tell that person that I've stolen his idea. By <laughs> <laughs> and nobody quote me because who knows what the next year could be. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Well, with that, enjoy the episode, and uh, we will see you next week for season five. Behind the counter at the Curiosity Shop, a prone Robella has shattered one of her alchemist's bombs, alighting the grease and the grease covering herself. She lets out a shriek as she is engulfed in flames. Uh, Tom, this was her readied action before anybody could move towards Borvius. Mm -hmm. So it is still your turn. Do you still want to try to maneuver your way past the now burning grease? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Uh, give me an acrobatics check. Uh, I almost picked up a d6. N wrong game. Oh, um, that is... It's a 16 on the die. Uh, that is a 22. Okay. Uh, I think you being elevated on the counter, um, with that good of a roll, you are able to just kind of clear this fire. 
uh, to get through the doorway. You land on the opposite side of the burning grease, uh, which puts you adjacent to the hatch that Borvius is poking his head up and out of. Um, and as you land, you hear him shout, no, uh, as he is still trying to grasp onto Rabella's hand, which is withdrawing away from his. Uh, technically, I think that acrobatics is just part of your move. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Do you want to do something else? Sure. I guess I'll swing my rapier at this man coming out of the trap door. Okay. Uh, that is 16 to hit. That hits. Roll your damage. Eight points of damage. All right. Uh, next up is Celestine. Uh, what do I have to do to be able to see what's going on here? Uh, I mean, you either need to make your way up and around the counter, or you need to successfully get on top of something else in this room so that you can see over that counter. Yeah, I mean, I tried climbing up some boxes and they fell, so I don't think I'd try that again. I think I'm just going to try to get up on the counter so I can see what's happening. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you run back across the shop towards the counter. Uh, it is just about you tall, and it's got one of those, like, swingy up surfaces somewhere. So if you want, you could literally just go underneath the counter to get behind it. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. Okay. Yeah, you are able to <laughs> run underneath that, that counter with no issue. Um, and uh, you feel a tremendous amount of heat. And you see a woman burning alive. Uh, Snowballer again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is a mercy. Is there like a blanket or something in this shop that I could use to like put on top of her to try to put out the fire? Uh, make a perception check. It's a grease fire, so you need to use the lid of the pan. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a grease fire and an alchemical fire, which I think have different rules for what puts oh. them out. Not exactly. It is a, it's an alchemist bomb. Oh, okay. Which I believe is just a mundane fire, not an alchemist's fire. Oh, uh, okay. Because alchemist fire is a motherfucker. Alchemist yeah. fire just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. 23. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you spot among all of the curiosities in this curiosity shop, uh, there are like some heavy woven blankets on uh, on kind of a blanket rack um, near that glass case that was on like the right side wall coming in the door. So just a few feet from where you currently are. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I can... Get that and get to her in time. I'd try to cover her and put out the flames. Uh, I think you could. Uh, I think you would have to get to that next time. Yeah. As, as far as I can get, as much as I can do with this turn with movement, then that's what I do. Okay. Um, yeah. You are you are set up to grab a blankie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Quinn, you are up. I'm trying to follow Tom over this fire. All right. Give me an acrobatics check. 23. Hell yeah. Yeah, same deal. You are able to leap over the fire uh, and land on the other side, which will put Tom between you and the hatch that Borvius is coming up out of. Again, there is limited space in here. All right, I'm going to just throw her over my shoulder. Yeah, just slide between my legs like that dancer team we practiced. <laughs> uh, all right, you are able to make the leap over this fire. Um, again, space is limited in this back room. Uh, you know, Borvius is coming up out of this hatch and reaching for Rabella, whose hand is like adjacent to him. Tom is next to that hatch. Um, really, the only other viable ground space would put Tom between you and Borvius, uh, or else you're going to have to land on top of some shit that will put you kind of a few feet above the ground and on what I would call difficult terrain above Borvius. What would you prefer? Put me above him. Okay. Uh, you land on a stack of crates and rugs and miscellaneous materials. Um, the footing is a little bit uncertain, and you've got a few feet on him. But uh, same deal. That was 
part of your move, so you can still make a standard action if you choose. Am I in range to try to bring this scythe down into his facetal region? Yes. Okay, I would like to do that, please. All right. Do I still have... Yeah, you do. ...your bonus? Uh, then that is 19. Nice. That hits. All right. Is that a crit for you? What is your weapon crit on? 20. Damn. But okay. it's times four. Oh, shit. That would be 10 damage. All right. Borvius is already looking pretty rough. Fardane? Far, Fardane's just doing Fardane. Don't don't worry about him. Do, nobody's paying attention to him. It doesn't matter what he's doing in the corner. He was the big bad the whole time I knew Fardane it. is are, doing great. <laughs> we are back to Raynor. I think looking at the scene in front of me, I just yell out, Borvius, surrender. Would you rather you both be dead than to pay for your crime? Uh, make a diplomacy? I'm inclined to call this diplomacy, not intimidate. What do you think? <laughs> oh, it don't matter. All right. Then let's call it diplomacy. Uh, I am going to actually spend one of my uh, points of inspiration for this. Okay. 19. We have stabbed him a bunch of times, so I don't know if that is affecting his disposition. <laughs> he does have the business end of a scythe in his mouth right now. His wife. <laughs> Self-immolated. Yeah. <laughs> you seem like such a charming, dapper fellow. We didn't even suspect you. We love you, Borbius. <laughs> he he yells out, it's Borvin time. Uh, <laughs> he just borves all over the place. We all lose. Or do we all win? I'm having such a hard time coming up with an answer because I, as the person playing Borbius, feel so caught between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to decide, all right, which which hard place would he choose? Uh-huh. Um, you hear him spit back. You killed my wife. I'll hang before I turn myself into you. Uh, and he drops uh, back down into this hatch from which he is poking up. The crate drops back into place above his head. Tom, you are up. Uh, again, the hatch next to you, that crate kind of falls back down, covering the uh, the chute. You hear Borvius's feet hit dirt uh, a little ways below you, muffled by that crate. Can I open this hatch and follow him? You can. So opening a door in and of itself is usually a move action. Um, you can always spend your standard action to do another move action instead. So basically you could open this hatch as one move and then follow him down the chute as your other move. Yeah. Which would just put you in his proximity, but out of actions. Uh, yeah, that sounds good to me. And uh, I have, uh, and I have stopped the Bardic performance in terms of it counting as one of my spent rounds, but it persists for this round and the next one. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, you all see Tom immediately rip that hatch back open and hop on down. Uh, Tom, you fall about eight feet, uh, land on hard-packed dirt, and Borvius is pretty much adjacent to you. He is looking back your direction, uh, but you can tell that, I mean, he's already set to start making tracks down a long dirt hallway. Uh, that from what you can tell, it's just torch lit. It's pretty narrow. Um, maybe two at a time could pass through this hallway. Uh, and it seems to head in the general direction of the docks. Uh, and from what you can see, it goes about 60 feet. And then there is another ladder up at the opposite end. Okay. Did I land on my feet or land prone? On your feet. Okay, cool. Celestine. I'm trying to put out this fire. Yeah, you grab a blanket. Um, make a just a straight dexterity check. Add your dex mod uh, to see if you can kind of navigate this fire and successfully like place the blanket and start to put it out without getting damaged yourself. Six. Uh, all right. I think you will be able to put out the fire, but you're going to take a little bit of harm from it. 
Oof, I'll, the most I can roll on the die. You're going to take oh. six points of harm. Oh, no. I don't think I'm supposed to make it out of this this one shot. <laughs> I've, I've rolled above a seven once today. But you are able to snuff out the flames, um, and you can tell that Rabella, uh, despite being terribly burned, is still alive. Does she still look like a monster? Yeah, she's wicked still a monster. Cool. Quinn. Oh, the chase is on. I'm just going to like step off of this pile of shit I'm on to just fall down the uh, the chute that Tom just opened. All right. Uh, you, I'm going to have make an acrobatics check. Okay. Because you will be falling greater than 10 feet, uh, which means you have the potential to take some damage here if you're not careful. No. 17. Yeah, you're good. Okay. Uh, you land on your feet next to Tom, and same thing. You see this long hallway. You see Borvius just a little ways ahead of you. Uh, and you see another ladder down the other end. Was that my full move? No. I'm taking a swing at this son of a bitch. Okay, roll it. 23. That hits. That would be 10 damage. All right, you slash at Borvius with your scythe, uh, and he spins in one perfect circle, and he goes, okay, maybe let's talk about this, <laughs> and then he falls straight backwards unconscious on the ground. Whoo! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that will put us all out of initiative order. So you guys have a no longer burning but still smoking Rabella Moncello on the ground. She is in danger. You have an unconscious from blade damage Borvius Moncello. What do you guys want to do? I'm going to tie this guy up and try to get him back up into the main room with everyone else. Yeah, I'm. as soon as I'm done putting out this fire, I don't think it looks like it would be a good idea for me to jump down this pit. Uh, so I'd probably go back out the front door and start yelling for reals this time to get somebody to send some guards. Having heard him running here and knowing that they go underground, could I do like a, I don't know if it'd be a perception or a dungeoneering to try to figure out like where the other side of this tunnel is? Because I know we have two skulks somewhere too. Uh, I think a Dungeoneering. This would be a good use of dungeoneering. Okay. Um, and I'm going to use my, um, just to have used it, I'm going to use my tireless logic, which lets me um, roll twice and take the higher on a uh, intelligence skill nice. check. Neat. 25. Are you like getting down in the tunnel to look? Or are you just kind of like looking down the hatch? And I think I'm looking down the hatch and then looking like out the back to see what might be the other end of this. Okay. Yeah, so you can see that this tunnel seems to run underneath the building next door. Um the building next door has a sign hanging out over the road that says Ilsurian Storage and Hauling. Uh and I think you recall that Borvius said he's got a shipping business on the docks. So it seems like it runs between her storefront and his storefront. Um Aww, That's so cute. It's adorable except also there might be people that want to murder you next door. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I think I will uh, point that out to everybody. Uh, yes, it's actually his area next door. Uh, we do have the the missing skulks. I'm sure that they heard the the ruckus. So just be aware. Some other folks could be coming through that tunnel. It is connected to his building next door. Oh, shit. All right. Uh, with that in mind, I think I am like ducking down by the opening to the tunnel and just like listening and waiting. Uh, make a perception check. 21. Blackjack. Booyah. You win. Game's over. You've done it. <laughs> Jake's like, I've been freed. <laughs> <laughs> You're the game master now. Um, you don't hear anything, but I think that absence of sound is peculiar. 
It's not just that, like, you don't hear anything suspect. You know he heard a yell, so you should be able to hear sound on the other side of that hatch, and you don't. Oh, shit. Um, There ain't nothing coming this way, and reason fair to say that they probably heard us. So if there's anybody there, they're probably running the other direction? Uh, I'm going to turn and, and go outside, um, and as I do, I'm going to drink one of the other... Uh, one of the other little metal tubes that on my belt, um, and my hands change. Uh, I'm drinking a uh, an extract of monkey fish. Um, so now I have a climb speed, and I'm going to climb up the building and like look around to see if I see anybody like trying to run away. Okay, I mean, yeah, you have a climb speed, so no climb check necessary because it's not that hard to get on this building. Do your hands change in any way when you do this? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you get, they, they you become... get big hands. And webbed feet yeah. and gills, because yeah. it also gives them a swim speed. Yeah, monkey fish. I love this. Um, you get up top, and you look around, and you sure don't see anybody fleeing either. And do I see any kind of movement or anything through the windows in the building next door? Make a perception check. Okay. So many perception checks. So perceptive. You need a lot of perception to detective. 27. Yeah, peeking through the windows um, and the skylights, because they love natural light. Mm, yeah. Uh, you can see figures that seem to be lying in wait. Um, it seems like there are people in here. And I think you do see uh, a couple of gray-skinned bald figures who are wearing like leather armor and they seem to be armed. But everybody in here seems to be kind of battening down the hatches and waiting for what's going to happen next. So you see some of them kind of by where you imagine that hatch comes up. You see some of them kind of by the front door. Like, they don't know what's what's going on. They're waiting. I'm going to look down to Celestine. Uh, there's definitely folks in there waiting. Maybe anyone that arrives to help, we could direct them towards that building. Yeah, that's a good idea. If you can see in there, maybe there's a way that we can cause a distraction. So they go towards one entrance and the others can come up through the other side. Anybody see any whiskey or anything inside? And I'm like gesturing back inside this building and just heading in to start looking around. You're looking for whiskey in the curiosity shop? Yeah, or just any any sort of like bottles of alcohol that might be laying around. Are you especially thirsty? I'm not, but they're going to be once uh, everything starts filling up with smoke in there. Uh, yeah, I don't think you find any alcohol, but you do know that there are those bottles of like perfumes and alcohol-based uh, perfumes. <laughs> There's got to be a similar word. <laughs> Potpourri's, no. Scents, whatever. <laughs> there are bottles that are alcohol-based in here. They're just not whiskey. Yeah, all right. This might do. Uh, and I'm going to go back into that back room, close that hatch, and drag a bunch of super heavy stuff over it. Okay. And uh, then come back out uh, just with some, like, torn cloth jamming it into these bottles. Which, right. side, uh, which side you want me to start throwing these on? Uh, as Quinn comes back out with his mini bottles... Uh, Celestine, you can see that the call for reinforcements that you had put out uh, has paid off. You can see that Sheriff Feldane and a couple of her deputies are hustling your direction from the way of the jail, and they are being like indicated along by somebody from the town who seems to have heard your sounds. Excellent. Yeah, I waver over as soon as they start getting that way. Oh, we figured it out. I beg your pardon? Uh, the owner of the shop, her and her husband, uh, they're behind everything. I think they're uh, like smugglers. Uh, I don't know exactly why they killed that guy, but they did. And uh, she's in here and she's transformed into the beast that killed him, but she's very badly burned. The rest of them are in that shop. I point to the other building. And uh, I have a feeling that they're going to be coming out very soon. 
Uh, and she looks at Quinn holding many bottles, many Molotov cocktails. Afternoon, Sheriff. <laughs> and she kind of puts her hands up and goes, whoa, all right, let's hold on. Let's take a breather. First of all, you said there's somebody dying in there? Yes, she was very badly burned, and I put out the fire, but she's not in a great state, but she is still dangerous. Uh, she, like, snaps at one of the deputies and, like, points inside, and he rushes in there. And then she, again, looks at, not even at Quinn, just at the materials in Quinn's arms, and goes, do y'all have any, like, concrete evidence of this? I, I can't really abide you just setting fire to a bunch of my townsfolk, even if they're guilty of smuggling and stuff. Like, that's not really how I choose to do my justice. Uh, yes, the two skulks uh, that uh, were hired to, to kill, well, to rob, uh, the two that did the hiring are in that building next door. Uh, we also have one of them still in their monstrous form, which is the size and shape they were when they killed the victims. Yeah, you'll find that the I think the teeth and the claw marks should match pretty exactly. And uh, we found uh, hair from the misses over... Oh, you probably don't know this yet. I was just um, thinking that. She probably doesn't know about Sister Woodmere. Victim, victims. There's a second victim, and uh, we, we followed the tracks back here. Fuck me running. Who was it? Sister Rodmere. Damn. All right, so what? We're going to try to flush him out of there? You know how many are in there? Uh, I believe six. There's the two skulks and four others. She kind of like counts how many of you there are. Well, I mean, I don't know. And She kind of like lowers her voice. I don't know how capable the people in there are, but we don't really have a numbers advantage that I would consider overwhelming. So look, I'll step to him. If y'all feel confident stepping to him or else do we want to get some reinforcements? Well, look, if I light half of that building on fire, they're going to have to come out. Yeah, I... but if they come out swinging, are we going to be able to handle it? Well, if they're disoriented and we set it up right, yeah, probably. If we waste too much time, they're going to figure something out and get out of there. They can't get through this secret tunnel anymore. Perhaps someone wants to try and talk them out. I mean, their leaders are uh, as good as dead. Sure, there's no need for any more bloodshed than is necessary. Perhaps hearing that the two heads of the operation are wounded and in custody will take the wind out of their sails. Uh, the sheriff kind of puts one hand on her sword and with the other hand, like, gestures for you to step up to the door of this building. She says, all right, good luck. I hope you got good words and, well, I'll be here to chop at them if it doesn't work. Your confidence is inspiring. Well, I met you yesterday, so... <laughs> Both Borvius and Rabella are still alive, right? They're just, like, not... They're, they are well and truly in hand. Uh, I mean, to the best of your knowledge, they're both still alive, okay. yes. The, sure. the deputy, one of them ran inside to tend to Rabella. What did you do with Borvius? Where'd you put him? I just set him in that main area, tied up. Okay, then you know that they have both been acknowledged by someone who seems to be in charge of making sure they don't die? Yeah, so I will call out saying... I'm afraid, dears, that you're going to all have to look for other lines of work because your operation has shut down. Borvius and Rebella are alive but in custody. Thus, I don't see any point in all of you in there giving your lives. If you would just kindly exit the building, I'm sure we can uh, work something out. Your cooperation would be very nice. Mind you, I'm also standing next to a fellow who is... Uh, Brandishing quite a bit of explosives that we'd rather not use. I wave one of the lit bottles of perfume. <laughs> so I'd encourage you to make a decision and quickly. Uh, make a diplomacy? Sure. It seemed like diplomacy kind of until the last second, so I would accept either diplomacy or intimidate. My diplomacy's better than intimidate right now, so I'll go with that. Okay. 
Uh, and Quinn, if you want to help what with your waving an explosive around, you're oh, welcome yeah. to try. What happens if I fail it? Anything terrible? No. Okay, then yes, I will help. Might as well. <laughs> then then never mind. <laughs> you failed it. I did. It landed on a 20 and then like teetered for a moment and fell to a two. <laughs> okay. oh, no. So no, no bonus for Tom. That is a 20. All right. Well, there is a moment where there is a continued silence from inside of the building. Uh, and then one by one, you just kind of hear metallic weapons clattering to a stone floor. Um, and then the front door swings open and uh, a pair of empty hands reach out. And then the person those hands belong to follows and just holds them up over their head. Uh, and then one by one, six individuals file out of this place, just hands above their head. Extraordinarily sensible, all of you. Look Look how nice they did that. How nice and slow and deliberate. That was good. Uh, Sheriff Feldane kind of looks at them and again, like counts one at a time and looks down at her hip and at her deputies and goes, we're going to have to go back and get more manacles. I think we jump ahead a little bit to, uh, all of you in the jail. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> in, in the cell, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Feldane was as dirty as they come. Uh, no, you are, you are all at the jail. Um, all of these members of... Robella and Borvius's crew uh, are in cells. Sheriff Feldane and Almara uh, are also here. And uh, Sheriff Feldane has tied Borvius and Robella to a couple of chairs, and they are still looking rough, but they have clearly been stabilized. Uh, it seems like the deputies have taken enough care to make sure that they're not going to die. Um, Robella has since shifted back into her human form, uh, but that did not remove the burns. Um, and Sheriff Feldane kind of like slaps them both awake, like taps taps on the face and and throws cups of water on them and shit until they regain consciousness. Uh, and both of their heads are you know kind of lolling uh, until they sit a little bit more upright and they blink. Um, and they both kind of like panic and look around and see each other uh, and deflate a little bit. Um, and uh, Sheriff Feldane says, "All right, well you seem to understand." the gravity of the situation that you are currently in. So do you want to explain what exactly has happened here? Uh, and then she looks to the rest of you and says, or do y'all want to take a shot at it first and let them fill in the pieces? Well, it seems that this group has been working with some skulks uh, who come from outside of town. They bring in other skulks to help rob, and it seems that they have been stealing for maybe a couple of years from the ships that come in at the docks. Uh, to, I assume, then sell those items in their oddity store. And for some reason, they wanted to to have a big score while the carnival was here. And so they made a target of the carnival, uh, including this gentleman helping to try and start a riot outside of the gates. Yeah, I think that, that about does it, right? Use your little drink there to turn into a beast to make it look like the Sphinx did it. Walk in light-footed and turn and then... Turn back after. Makes it look like something flew in. Pretty good cover. The first murder makes sense to me, robbing a high-value building and blaming it on the Sphinx. The second murder, though, of Sister Woodmere, was that just to place more blame upon the carnival to better sell your story? Yeah, that's what I assumed, because there was enough doubt in the first murder, but it would be really hard to argue with the townspeople being upset about the sister being murdered in the tent of the Sphinx. Hard to explain that one away. 
especially when you have a group of townspeople and you're trying to get them in the door, how lucky it would have been for you to find her body there as you stormed in demanding to see the Sphinx who murdered another prominent member of the town. Oh, yeah, that's good. I hadn't thought about it like that. Oh, that's good. They both kind of, like, avert their gaze and, you know, keep their mouths shut. Uh, And Almara walks up towards Borvius, uh, who, you know, up to this point has been relatively poised and just fucking punches him in the face as hard as she can. Hell yeah. Nice. Uh, And he groans and Rebella kind of shrieks and Borvius sits back up and says, I mean, you're on the right track. It wasn't just about getting a score on the locked box. It was, well, the idea was to make a push on a few of the businesses around town and we just figured that with the circus in town, we had a pretty solid scapegoat. So, yeah, we came after Walder to get what he had and the sister was just... Well, poor choice on her part. She said she was going to go get the truth out of the Sphinx, and we couldn't let that happen. So, had to take care of her as well. Very bold move to kill the sister of a church of a god that you know for a fact exists and is vengeful. Borvius kind of shrugs in his chair. Uh, I mean, all the gods are doing their own thing for their own people and whatever. If I spent my whole day worrying about what would piss off every individual god, I'd never get anything done. It all would have worked. Except you all forgot one key thing. Gnomes can talk to animals. Everybody <laughs> knows that. I would have got away with it, too, if it wasn't for those meddling detectives in their <laughs> baby dragon. <laughs> yeah, Borvius and Rebella both look like super confusedly at Celestine. Uh, and then back at you, Quinn, and they're like, what did that have to do with anything? The, Can't the, the Sphinx talk? The lizard sniffed you out. It was pretty basic all that shit you carry it's stinky uh rabella gives like a (laughs) and she goes that's why you brought that lizard into my shop yes he led us there he's really the best detective of us all (laughs) he's a very powerful dragon and i give a little nod to omara (laughs) (laughs) a wink (laughs) i sense a mascot (laughs) oh shit yeah so we thought that we were doing a Sherlock Holmes story we're actually the mystery machine and baby dragon is Scooby Doo yeah (laughs) so that's it huh you just found some evidence at the crime scene and had the lizard sniff us out that was it we were made I mean we knew that it couldn't have been the sphinx because the sphinx's uh, attacks would be much grander than the ones that were on the victim so we knew it had to be something a little smaller and well it was just backtracking from there really yes and we saw that your footprints change into something else which led us to the thought of a shapeshifter which led us to the thought of an alchemist somebody really ought to teach you how to cover tracks properly borvius looks at you quinn and kind of smiles and says uh well i feel like if you were that good at following tracks you might have gotten to us a little bit earlier because you already had one crime scene under your belt and that didn't seem to point you to us huh let us not quabble with (laughs) timeline here because this is where we sit now (laughs) well i don't know if this will help in uh, your what i assume will eventually be marriage counseling between the two of you but borvius did give it away uh, to some extent when he mentioned that things being stolen from the dock and then there's a curiosity store where just a bunch of random bric-a-brac is being sold. That piece of information was key to going inside of that store. That's right. You did the stupid thing. It was you. (laughs) (laughs) Rebella kind of looks at Borvius like with some confusion, and Borvius says, uh, oh, that that was mostly bullshit. I was just trying to keep you busy long enough that she could finish up with the cleric in the tent. 
I mean, I mean, yeah, sure. Sometimes we nixed up, but mostly, mostly it's a matter of like fencing, you know, being a, a place of transit for stolen goods or like sending our people out. There's not really a lot worth stealing around here. Um, also, the the skulks, you know, they didn't, they didn't, they're fine. They didn't kill anybody. Well, some of them did, but and he looks across the hall to the two skulks that are in in the cell on the other side and goes, "Well, those those two did." Oh, poor buddies. The the ones that were in my place, you know, they weren't. They just told those two to do it. They just, they just, yeah, they yes. just hire out. They're and they were people. waiting to kill us if we came into your store. Yeah, but they didn't. You do realize there's a thing called intent, yes? <laughs> potato, potato. I don't. Ray, some people just ain't that smart. Well, look, we're just talking about what has happened here, okay? Not what might have happened. Not what could have happened. Like, it's the same thing as the guy. You can't live every day wondering what could have been, right? You'll never get anywhere. So let's just. You know, put all that to bed. I want to hate him so much. Borvius, you silver-tongued devil. So, what now? Is there anything else? You need, if, I'm, if I keep telling you stuff, is it going to like lessen my sentence at all, or am I just pretty well fucked? That's not up to us. Oh, yes, I believe that would be a question for your sheriff, and considering you killed two very prominent members of the town, I imagine it doesn't end well for you. He looks at Feldane, and he, he gives kind of like a shitty little smirk, at her and then like looks back to the rest of you uh and purposely like whispers without whispering yeah but feldane ain't the one that caught us so i figure if i'm gonna meet my fate from anybody i'd prefer it was from all of y'all you're at least competent foes uh and feldane like kind of goes like i beg your i'm the fucking sheriff in this town no that ain't how it works and he's like god damn it (laughs) i mean i'll do it I'll do it right now. Yes, yeah, so but mean, we would have to have a writ from the sheriff saying that you would not be murdering someone, that it would be carrying out an execution. All right, this is getting a little bit finite for my taste, so <laughs> I'll tell you what. I mean, I'm going to have y'all submit your report with all your evidence and whatnot. I'm going to go over everything with a fine-tooth comb. They're going to stay in custody for now, and if it comes to capital punishment, well, I don't much care for it, but I suppose if you were so motivated, maybe you could be the executioner on that one, Mr. Quinn. Ugh. Oh, God. I, you see his attention snap back up, and he kind of mumbles to whoever's closest. I didn't hear a goddamn thing after she said report. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, I, I got to say, it seems like y'all did great work here. I mean, you know, with the exception of Sister Woodmere. But that's not that's not your fault. I'm not trying to pin that on you. It's a, it is a shame, but, you know, only one death in what sounds like it was planned to be a spree of them. That's fine work y'all did, detectives. She looks at Almara and she says, uh, as long as you're willing to cooperate and let us carry out part of our investigation on your grounds, it seems like we're all square. Uh, and Almara kind of nods solemnly. Does Quinn still have the crown for the king of the carnival? Yeah. I think I ask for it. I'll hand it over. And I like reposition it so it's a lot smaller and then I put it on top of baby dragon's head. Oh. Like, you're the real detective hero today. <laughs> And it licks it. <laughs> it eats it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I look at Celestine and I say, uh, speaking of detective, have you considered a change in career? Because I'll be honest, darling, you're wasted in accounting. Well, what are the health benefits like being a detective? Because I get really good benefits for the city. Shit, maybe we should all be accountants. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be very good at it. No one double checks the numbers. It's boring. She was she was asleep when you went to get it. <laughs> I get to sleep on the job. No one cares. I could do both. Sheriff Feldane and Almara let you know that 
if you ever need a favor or a letter of recommendation or whatever in the future that they both owe you in a major way um, and they send you all on your way back to Magnamar with a sizable purse as a reward for figuring all of this out. So you all head back to the city of Magnamar, uh, resuming your daily lives with another case under your belt until Celestine, you get a notice from your boss that uh, there's a little podunk town outside the city called Ravenmore that uh, hasn't been paying its taxes and the tax collector they sent hasn't come back. So they wondered if you and yours might be interested in checking out what's going on. That sounds like that job requires Mm -hmm. further Further investigation. Thank you guys. That was fabulous. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for uh, giving me the opportunity to keep doing this this detective game. I said at some point, like in between the episode break, my favorite part of running mysteries is the moment where the characters don't solve a thing, but the player does. Like that, it just yeah. there's like a click where it's like, oh wait a minute, I think I've got this thing. I'm gonna raise this in character. Um, I love it. I love running mysteries. I love you guys. You are all genuinely competent detectives. You all figured some shit out in ways that I would have never imagined the shit would be figured out. I still am not sure I knew what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for uh, letting Megan and I play in your world from your home game. It was really fun. Yeah. It's nice to hear so much about it and then actually get to be a part of it. Yeah. It's wild because actually this game is what pushed us to make the podcast because we were at like a group dinner and we were telling stories from the things that we had done and like there was a room of people like listening and laughing to the exploits of these two characters and that was kind of the solidification to keep pushing to to make something yeah and you know somewhere out there in the ether this campaign exists (laughs) it it never (laughs) never technically ended but i think uh having kind of played the prequel here that maybe this maybe this branches off into a new timeline or something Maybe maybe there's more further investigation on the horizon. Who's God, to say? I would love that. I'd love that. Like Star Trek, how they have a different timeline. The New oh, yeah. Horizon. Yeah. I love that one. Star Trek movie. Further investigation, New Horizon. <laughs> new Horizon. <laughs> All right, well, join us next week for the beginning of season five of Other Side of the Coin. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Are you emotionally exhausted? Do you have strong feelings about authoritarian power structures? Have you ever stared up at the night sky and felt tiny and alone? If so, ask your doctor about Wolf 359, the award-winning sci-fi audio fiction podcast by Kinda Evil Genius Productions. Side effects may include strange genetic experiments, unreliable AI systems, the potential discovery of alien life, and toothpaste. 
Find Wolf 359 wherever you listen to podcasts and visit wolf359.fm to learn more.